You don't know what you don't know. Those words rang deeply for so many student journalists in the days after the September 11th attacks, as they tried to wrap their heads around this unprecedented catastrophe. Now, two decades later, one student who reported on it reflects on his experience. Welcome to Reporting on 9-11, where we hear the emotional true stories of local journalists who brought us the news from the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and Shanksville, Pennsylvania, two decades ago. I'm your host, David DeRoche. In this episode, we're going to hear from Wasim Ahmad. He's now a journalism professor and skilled photojournalist. But on September 11th, 2001, the Long Island native was a student at New York's Binghamton University. But little did he know, he was about to get his first taste of real journalism. I was really green. I had maybe a year of college newspaper experience under my belt as a writer. I had just been made the news editor. I had an all-new staff of freshman writers. We had just put out our first issue. And many of us editors were sleeping in the office on couches, as college newspaper folks often do. So I woke up, and uh, as a testament to how dull my news senses were as a student, I walked into the uh, cafeteria and I got some food and the cashier was like, oh, did you hear a plane crashed into the World Trade Center? And as a young person, very green, I'm like, eh, it's probably a Cessna. And I got my hash browns and I sat down and I, I ate them calmly without even thinking about it. Because at that time, the concept of two planes hitting the World Trade Centers and taking them down an act of terrorism that large just was not on anybody's radar, least of all mine, a college student in upstate New York. He finished his French toast and his hash browns, and then he wandered to the nearby student union. A crowd had started to gather. They had TVs out in the lobby area. And I'm like, oh, what, what's, what are those all about? And I um, look at it, and as I'm looking at it, I see the second plane hit the second tower. And I'm like, oh, that's not a Cessna. This is much bigger than we thought. It was at this point that his news judgment kicked in. Asim knew the newspaper had to cover the attacks. But gathering a staff of college students, which is always difficult, was even more challenging two decades ago. And this is before the age of smartphones. This is before the age of phones. None of us in the office actually had a cell phone. It was 2001. We didn't even have a TV in our newspaper office because there was no cable connection. We had a radio. So I run back into the newspaper office at the back of the student union, and I wake up all the editors. We're all sleeping. I'm like, guys, guys, planes, World Trade Center. We got to, we got to, we got to do something. This is like we have, a... and they're like, hey, what are you talking about? This is ridiculous. And they um, don't really believe me. So I turn on the radio, and you could hear what's going on on the on the news on the radio, and they're like, oh. And then I drag them all out into the lobby, and they're watching the smoking towers and and everything, and. Uh, at that point, we just, we just sprung into action. And just like in professional newsrooms, the students debated how to cover the story. What did they know? What didn't they know? Whom should they call? And what angles should they focus on? The only difference was they didn't really have any old-timers to guide them through the coverage. We had no idea what we were doing. All of us were very inexperienced. It basically became just putting all of the training that we had learned in theory. I think I had like one college-level journalism class and a high school journalism class under my belt and just trying to figure out, well, what, what, are, what is news that college students can use about this? How can they donate to help people 
who are in need after this tragedy? Who can they call to find out information about loved ones? It just basically became, in essence, the purest form of service journalism that you can have. Just how can we put out information that can help people? But the newsroom debates, they didn't always go smoothly. The students faced the same ethical dilemmas that newsrooms across the country also had to consider. Should they speculate about who had done it and risk sparking anger at Muslims? Or just stick to the facts that they knew at that point? I recall one conversation I had that night. I was the sole brown guy on the staff. There was an intense debate about using an AP article and then also doing some localizations of it that pinned the blame on Muslims. I argued that this was too soon. We don't know this. We should not be running this story. We should not be chasing this kind of angle for this right now. I ended up being overruled, and that ended up being used, and ended up that I I was wrong. It ended up being Osama bin Laden, and it was based in terrorism perpetrated by Muslims. So I was wrong, and I'll, I'll say that. But at the time, we didn't have the information, and it caused us to have a lot of debate amongst college students who happened to be newspaper people. After that first day's edition was finalized, the newspaper staff had another challenge. How are they going to continue coverage in the next issue, due out later that week? The answer was to give fellow students information they couldn't get from the national news, or even Binghamton's local paper. For a lot of our students, the challenge was, okay, I live in lower New York. How do I get home? Where can I drive? What tunnels are open? What bridges are open? And so we started putting together information for our students on how they can get home, how can you reach your loved ones, you know, what can you do? And so we just started really focusing on second-day type of stories. For us as a campus paper, we were focused on, okay, how do you get home? How do you contact people? What's the best way to get there? And focusing on that. A few years later, Wasim graduated from Binghamton University, and then he went to work at newspapers in upstate New York, Florida, and Minnesota, before he went back to school to work on a Ph.D. in journalism. He now teaches journalism as a full-time professor. Looking back, his experience after 9-11 helped cement an idea about the role of journalism, and it's one that he shares with his students to this day. As a journalist, even as a student journalist, and you know, I shouldn't even use the word student journalist because student journalists are journalists. You need to think about what is the news that my specific community can use? What is of benefit to my specific group of readers? What can my community use that will help them get through this tragedy, that will help them make sense of it through their local lens? And covering 9-11, what we did that day was journalism, and what we did every day was journalism. Wasim also still has a copy of the paper he helped put out after 9-11. Thank you for listening to Reporting on 9-11. This episode was reported, written, edited, and produced by Ben Bogardis, who's a journalism professor at Quinnipiac University, and hosted by me, David DeRoche. I am the director of community programming at the university. Special thanks for this episode goes out to Wasim Ahmad, Quinnipiac University School of Communications, and the Quinnipiac University podcast studio where this episode was recorded. For more stories from journalists who covered 9-11, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out the other shows produced at the Quinnipiac Podcast Studio by going to qu.edu slash podcast.